In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. And he asks his followers to imitate him in willingly sacrificing themselves for others. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos here with our producer, Dale Culver. Today we want to talk to you guys about the 14th quality of the full capacity man. This is called the sacrificial man. In other words, think of yourself less. I can't believe we're already on the 14th podcast in this series. This is going much faster than I expected. Yeah. Hey, do you have a man word for us? I do. And just uh, relax as I deliver this. It is calm. And I I just think about this. I've watched some guys out there that... um, Somehow they're able to, when things are burning down around them, they can stay strong and calm. And, uh, and I, that's something that I would aspire to, is to, like, when things in life aren't going well, you just, like, chill out, take inventory, see what's going on, figure out a game plan, mm. instead of just freaking out, right? So Right. Right. <laughs> This is a weakness of mine, for sure, which I talked about when we went over the fourth quality calm way back when. So, yeah. And I think it does depend. Like, if you put me in a hunting situation, I can do it. I'm calm. Oh, yeah. I if, would, if I expect a certain yeah. outcome and I show up and that outcome is not being produced, I tend to struggle. <laughs> and <laughs> me, on the other side, if I was hunting with you and I, I saw a deer, I would probably start shaking. And freaking out, and once I shot it, I the adrenaline dump. Yeah, I would probably get up and start running like an idiot. I did it one time when I was the one time I went hunting. Yeah, yeah. Well, Colton <laughs> shot his first buck about two weeks ago, and he missed the first shot. And the recoil of the first shot caused his uh, ammo plate at the bottom of his gun to open, and all his am- his his rounds dropped out of the gun. He didn't so have his second shot dump. was click. No, he was pretty calm. His second <laughs> shot was click. And it was like, hey, man, we got a deer standing at us who's been missed once, clicked at once, and now we got ammo on the ground. So he was able to gain, compo- regain you know, the ammo, get two rounds uh, put in the mag, and he ended up killing that buck. He, I was really proud of him. But, man, it was a great opportunity to lose your stuff there and to right. not be calm. But <laughs> there are certain situations I'm definitely trying to work on. So, hey, I want to talk about uh, this topic of the sacrificial man 
and uh, the subtitle of this is Think of Yourself Less. It comes from Titus chapter 1, which is, as you remember, is one of the pastoral epistles. And in Titus chapter 1, verse 7, we read, For the overseer must not be self-willed. Now, as you remember, this book, when we wrote it, we took these 20 qualities and we turned them into one positive word to describe each of the 20. In Titus 1, 7, we see a phrase that's negative, that the overseer must not be self-willed. So positively, we came up with the word sacrificial, because we think the sacrificial man is the antithesis to the self-willed man. Now, guys, if you have not done so yet, you really need to go watch a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. It's the story of Desmond Doss. Uh, Man, this story rattles me. You know, Doss never fired a rifle in combat. He fought in World War II. In fact, he never even held a rifle in combat except for using it to splint his own shattered arm after being shot to use it as and or he used it one time as a makeshift stretcher as a devout follower of Jesus Doss was a seventh day adventist and a conscientious objector he served as a marine combat medic during world war 2 and twice he was awarded the bronze star for his heroic achievements and meritorious service in combat but he's famously known as the only conscientious objector to ever receive a medal of honor during World War II for his bravery in the Battle of Okinawa after saving the lives of 75 men that is recorded in the Oscar-winning film Hacksaw Ridge. In the battle, Doss's combat unit was tasked with using rope ladders to climb a 400-foot cliff and secure the Maeda encampment, also known as Hacksaw Ridge. During the initial fight the next morning with heavy losses on both sides, the Japanese launched a massive counterattack to drive the Americans off the cliff. Remaining on the ridge, Doss heard the sound of wounded soldiers crying for help and went after each one, saying after e- and then lowering them down the 400-foot in banquet himself. He was a small man. To do this was unbelievable. And after each time, he said, Lord, help me save just one more. This film is outstanding, but honestly, it doesn't depict the true brutality of battle. I highly encourage you guys to just go and uh, Google Desmond Doss and read about his Medal of Honor story and the actual citation award and what actually happened. It is absolutely unheard of. But what I remember the most about that movie is him saying, please, Lord, help me just get one more. You know, such heroism in life is found in a man who is unhesitant in sacrificing himself for others. You know, it reminds me of John chapter 15, 13, when Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. The sacrificial man embraces the words of Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about bringing glory to Jesus. It's about sacrificing yourself on the benefit of others. You know, the flip side of Hacksaw Ridgedale, I think of the movie Titanic. Mm. In that movie, the Titanic, or Titanic, we see uh, the story of the tragic sinking of the Titanic on her maiden voyage, and we see the cowardly actions of one man trying to save himself, pushing himself through children and women to save his own life. And it's really funny because that's just so typical Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood takes something that uh, we see on a grand scale men acting heroically and then turning it. I just don't believe anything that comes out of Hollywood or the media anymore. It's just sad. But here's what happens, you know, when people, when you watch this movie, the 
uh, Titanic, you walk away with a different taste in your mouth. But the, the true thing about that movie is this. When the Titanic sunk, 1,514 men and women died tragically with, with it. In the movie, you see this one man's act of cowardice. But what you don't realize is the truth of the 2,224 people on the Titanic that infamous night, only 710 survived. 1,347 of those who died were men. Only 103 women perished in that tragedy. And here's why. Because the men went down with the ship. Overwhelmingly, numbers of men went down with the ship and sacrificed themselves. But Hollywood won't tell you that. Mm. Hollywood focuses on one fictional character who's a coward. And that is not true. Men will willingly go down with the ship. Men will willingly sacrifice their lives for others. I believe the full capacity man lives a sacrificial life. Now, now this word where, where, where Titus says not self-willed, the Greek word there is athade, and it's a, it's a compound word. It comes from two Greek uh, words, autos, meaning self, and hedomai, meaning take one's pleasure. It's where we get the word hedonist. So together, and then ah is the negative. So together we get not self-pleasing or self-willed or arrogant or overbearing. That's where we get that word. So so the opposite of being not self-willed is the man who is self-sacrificial. The self-willed man, according to this Greek meaning, is a self-walled man. In other words, he builds a castle around himself. Everything is about him. He's a prima donna. He's not a team player because he doesn't care about anyone else. He only cares about himself. He doesn't care about the win-win. He only cares about himself winning. His arch nemesis is the sacrificial man. Syrian philosopher Philomas described his character as being made up of equal parts of conceit, arrogance, and contemptuousness. So the self-willed man is conceited, arrogant, and contemptuous. He's conceited because he's excessively proud of himself. He's willing to tell you all about himself. He sucks the air out of the room when he enters. He dominates conversation. He never asks others about themselves because he doesn't matter because the universe revolves around him. He's arrogant. He's exaggerated in his own sense of self-importance and his abilities to accomplish things. He's, he exaggerates uh, in the sense of his opinions of himself. They are not necessarily true, but they are true to him. We see this uh, as a helicopter mom or a bulldozer dad who believes their kid is a super athlete or genius, but is often just a big fish in a tiny pond or is often just an average fish with a helicopter or bulldozer parent. This guy is also contemptuous. He shows scorn, contempt, and ridicule for anyone who may threaten his position, status, or opinion of himself. All threats must be eliminated by the self-willed man. His view of competition is demented because winning isn't the primary goal. Eliminating his competition is. And I want to say this, Dale. All of us have this in us. Mm Mm-hmm. We have an element of conceit. We have an element of arrogance. We have an element of contemptuousness. But what we must do as full-capacity men is overcome that, and we overcome that with being purposeful, strategic, sacrificial men. So I um, last night, my wife and I did a little workout. We called it the mini-murph. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't super hard, but it was 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, 400 jump ropes, and 100 sit-ups. Let me redo that. It was 100 sit-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, 400 
jump ropes. And I call it the mini Murph because it comes from a workout I did several years ago that is really famous in CrossFit called the Murph, where uh, the prerequisite of that workout is a mile run. Then uh, the next is 100 pull-ups, then 200 push-ups, 300 body squats, and then another one-mile run. So I did that workout. It is absolutely grueling. A lot of guys do it with a weighted vest. I figure my life is a weighted vest. And so um, that workout is named after Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy. Uh, he was he and his squad were killed during a reconnaissance mission uh, to, to find a key Taliban leader in Afghanistan. Uh, you see this in the movie The Lone Survivor. That's what this this movie chronicles. So the team came under heavy, heavy fire from a much larger enemy force, and Murphy knowingly left his position of cover to get a clear signal to communicate with his headquarters to get his men out safely, and he died in that position. And uh, because he sacrificed himself to save his brothers, who ultimately all of them but Marcus Luttrell were also killed, this workout is dedicated to him. It's called a, one of the CrossFit uh, hero workouts and so it's called the Murph and so it's a reminder of a man who willingly sacrificed himself for others and you know I think that workout is so powerful to people because that's what Jesus did mm-hmm. he willingly sacrificed himself for others and he asks his followers to imitate him in willingly sacrificing themselves for others and it's not until a man decides to think of himself less that he moves into this realm of full capacity. Again, I just don't see this in men who are not engaged in churches, who men who aren't engaged in Christian communities. I don't know where a man can sacrifice himself for Jesus in any other setting. Now, people say, well, I do that for my wife and ch- children. Hold on, bro. That's, not, that's a mandate. You are biblically mandated to do that. So that is not that is a biblical mandate. Sacrifice is beyond that. Are you willing to sacrifice yourself for some greater cause? And, and here's the deal. The servant, so the last podcast we do is the servant. The servant, that's, an, that's all about focusing your energy on somebody else. When I serve someone else, my energy and focus goes to something external. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. There's an object of my service. It can't be service without an object. The sacrificial man like Desmond Doss, like Michael Murphy, what they do is they are surrendering their life for the benefit of another. So where service focuses on an outward expression, sacrifice focuses on an inward death, so to speak, potential death. So one's outward, one's inward, so they, they kind of meet in the middle. They're, in some ways, they're two sides of the same coin. Jesus served the world by willingly dying or sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. And so the question for a man is, are you doing this systematically? And who are you doing it for? Beyond your biblical mandate of your wife and your children. So Dale, I uh, hope that uh, is not too confusing for guys. What do you have next for us, man? Drive us home. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to org and grab your free copy of Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters and sign up to join one of our many virtual teams by clicking Join Our Program button on the website. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. 
You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.